Welcome to the Future Returns Business Podcast Series. My name is Catherine Matthews at Aruda Corporate Alliances, and you can tune in anytime to listen to the stories of inspiring thought leaders as we go deeper into the rich cultural and strategic matrix of doing global business. You can like or share on SoundCloud or make comment at aruda.com. Thank you for listening. strategic foresight or insider information about an event which is yet to occur, does that mean that you become the agent of future change and in some respects create the future to manage your own risk? Josh Bevan and I reconnected with our interview guest, Mr. Sean Holden of the Darren Lehman Cricket Academy. This follows Sean's recent trip to India and the discussion with the astrologer, Mr. Jagjit Upal in 2016. We wanted to ascertain if this deeper immersion into Indian culture liberated or provided some form of armory into Sean's forthcoming business negotiations. Now, some folk, especially in business, are unwilling to admit in public that they use cosmology to guide them or that they use science of architecture such as Vastu or Feng Shui. Although it was edited out in the previous interview with Jagjit, he made reference to a meeting with the British author and journalist Shirley Conran. Jagjit met Shirley some 30 years ago and predicted a life of successful writing after what was a brief face face-to-face meeting in Mumbai. I managed to track Shirley down and contacted her via email following this revelation, but it was too late to include in the edited interview with Jagjit. Her reply to me was, I had and I continue to have a high regard for Jagjit Upal. All that he predicted came true. So I continued to consult him by telephone from England. Now for Sean, it raises some interesting points and he does question his own assumptions about business in general. This includes the measurement of firm metrics, the dimensions of time, linear as opposed to cyclical cosmological time, and does deconstructing one's character and personality traits via a birth chart interpretation help us to play to our strengths and competencies in business? In our follow-up interview with Mr. Sean Holden, please have a listen to his comments. We're here with Sean Holden from the Darren Lehman Cricket Academy. Sean, last time we spoke with you, you said that it's a training organization and we can go anywhere and we can do anything. Now, since we've spoken to you last, have you gone everywhere and have you done anything? So uh, the Darren Lehman Cricket Academy, as we speak, is setting up the Darren Lehman Cricket Academy in Jodhpur, uh, with the next one to be in Jaipur. Uh, New Delhi and Mumbai, but the first one's in Jodhpur and Rajasthan, and we're also trialling our PE program in 10 schools in Rajasthan. Apart from that, we've also started some uh, postgraduate courses in management uh, using uh, sport, if you like, as the lure, i.e. the subject matter is business, but the uh, the things that they're talking about, the examples, is, is through sport. So yes, uh, we're going on leaps and bounds since the last time we spoke. Last time you said, let's let's do the hardest thing. And let's go to India. You did that in 2015. You did it again last year in 2016. You said you went with an open mind just to listen and to look at the opportunities. Have you still got an open mind about what you've seen? And what have you learned since you went back there last year? Yeah, still got an open mind. It's a uh, India's a massive country, both uh, ge- geographically and obviously uh, politically, even uh, let alone uh, the population of 1.5 billion people. And we talked about it before that uh, the emerging middle class, 4% 
you know, normally around either 75,000 up to 250,000, depending on how you describe it. What it means, though, if you take the theme and the trend, is there is a growing middle class for the first time. What that brings is aspirational people. What that brings is uh, people now with uh, more new money, if you like. It's not the established elites. Uh, which very much uh, pervades, it very much dominates uh, Indian society in terms of decision making. So what I uh, what I've learnt is that it's not easy. I don't mean the people aren't easy. I mean that India looks similar, but it's different. A lot of things you think you've worked it out, and you really you haven't. And that's kind of the opportunity and the challenge in many ways is is to work that out. There's a lot of people that are, are looking to better their lives, as you'd expect. Uh, but even they're not quite sure uh, how to do that. Indians, uh, because they haven't had a middle class, I'd argue aren't very worldly. In fact, I'm not very worldly, but I've noticed Indians aren't. And so what they're doing is latching on to people who are, or certainly people from uh, other countries that they think can help them gain access to people that, all, that are decision makers and help them with their businesses. So that's what I've learned. The value proposition for me I've learned is that uh, I can get people in India, for example, uh, meetings with uh, embassies in New Delhi. Uh, it seems to me that uh, if an Indian person was looking for a meeting with a, an embassy uh, in uh, in New Delhi, they'd struggle. Uh, but I can do a simple email and I can get uh, get meetings, which they can come along to. And it's not because I'm a superstar, it's because I'm not Indian. I think that basically how it transpires, because they were inundated with people trying to uh, get meetings with uh, various embassies so that they can then uh, start up trade links with, uh, with other countries. We spoke last time about finding a common ground between both of our cultures. Because Australia, we're very different from, from India. As growing business, we thought maybe we don't quite understand the way that they might do business. And then we, we sort of thought to ourselves, well, hang on, maybe they don't quite understand the way we do business as well. We spoke about the amount of time that it takes for a business deal to get going in India. Are you still finding that um, a barrier? Yeah, very much so. Uh, I think, to be fair to the Indians, uh, again, you've got a growing middle class, which another effect of that is you've got people learning about business. So these are people that are entrepreneurial. They've got ideas, they've got products, they want to sell them, but they haven't done business courses. They probably didn't uh, finish school, uh, a lot of these people, which doesn't mean they're not intelligent. It's just that they haven't been a, uh, had a, a structured form of education where they can learn international trade, if you like. And, and indeed, how many Australians have done that? Not many. So I'm judging the way they do business through my lens, as you do, and uh, I think their way of doing business is very much framed, yes, from their culture, um, but also uh, their taxation system, if you like. For example, at the moment, only the government collects uh, taxes from 1%, income tax from 1% of the population. So if you're a government only collecting 1%, you're not very powerful because money, money talks for, for a start. It's a, it's a black market economy, and so the government, from what I've seen, uh, two things they're doing at the moment is they've got rid of the 500 rupee note and the 100, I think, as well, which, uh, which makes it more difficult on the black market, but also they're bringing in a, a GST next year. Uh, and goods sold. So if you can't collect income tax, I guess GST is the, the next best way of doing that. And eventually they'll have an income tax as the middle class grows. So I think 
once India perhaps takes on some of the structures, taxation structures and the, and the way to do trade that uh, perhaps um, most Western countries do, it'll be a lot easier. I think, to be fair, our expectations on them is probably a bit too high as well. Um, I think we go in there thinking that, that we know everything, that our system is the best. Well, clearly it's not. It's good, but it's not the best. Uh, so I think there's some learnings on both sides. Uh, what I do like about Indians is they have a go. No matter what it is, they have a go, and they've got ideas, uh, and they just need just they need some assistance uh, in, in taking it out of India uh, and, and growing it outside. This is going to lead into my next question. I was going to ask this a bit later on, but I'm going to ask it now. We've been talking a little bit about tax here in our last couple of interviews um, here at Aruda, and we've spoken to a couple of people in small business and from the tax office, and they've had some views on that small business, they might get lost in all the tax laws and regulations. Do you think that having seen the way India does business, that they too might find our tax system too complicated, uh, in much the same way that if we go overseas to India and we say, oh, the way that they do business, uh, incorporating astrology and all these other th- sorts of things, we go, oh, it's all too hard, and they come over here to do business and they look at our tax regulations and our tax laws and they go, oh, this is all too complicated. What do you think they think when they come over here? As a broader statement, business is too hard. Government has made it too hard in Australia, let alone in India, and for all probably uh, good reasons, but it is quite difficult to make a buck in Australia even if you've got a good product. There's an awful lot of hurdles to go through. Um, some people might call it red tape, uh, legislation uh, best practice benchmarking best ways of doing things so the government gets their cut. I get all of that but at the end of the day it is it is not easy to turn a dollar in Australia. Uh, what I'm concerned about for India and indeed it's happening here in Australia is the bigger businesses get bigger because they have the resources at hand i.e. probably two or three people within their firm who can work just on uh, how to do business where all the, the innovation and the new ideas aren't necessarily coming from big, big business, they're coming from the smaller entrepreneurs. And exactly the same as in Australia. You know, the federal government can talk to the cows, come home about innovation, and our state government can talk about entrepreneurship. There is actually not a lot of help. Unless you've got a product ready to go, i.e. you've done the bulk of the work and the bulk of the investment, they only pick winners. And they'll only put money into something that's going to create a lot of jobs. So I would argue that even in Australia it's quite difficult to, to become from a, a cottage industry, if you like, or working your business out of a home to get to a stage where you're export ready. And along that journey, you're going to have to get an awful lot of advice from consultants who, who don't mind charging. Uh, in Australia, $300 an hour is not much different in India. Uh, so I think that's something that both countries need to have a look at is if you're not careful, we're going to get a very homogenous-looking uh, um, business world run by only the few if, if, if we're not already there. We've spoken just briefly that people in India use something other than conventional business methods uh, to make business decisions, something higher up that we as Westerners probably don't understand. I'm talking primar- primarily about astrology. Now, the last time you went to India, you were assigned an astrologer astrologer Jagjit and like we just said if we if you go over there and you're going to think to yourself oh business in India too hard now after you spoke to Jagjit what did you think and what did he say to you? Jagjit gave me some uh, very broad statements uh, about uh, how astrology works particularly for for Indian people I gave him some reflections of what I'd learnt what I did know which as it turns out wasn't a lot I hadn't asked questions of the people I'm doing business with in India whether they used anything but the normal, in inverted commas, ways of making business decisions. But certainly after speaking to Judge It, I did ask them. And yes, they, they seem to use a, depending on who you talk to, use a cocktail of ways of making decisions. 
Yes, there actually is the spiritual way, if you like. Religion is big for them, uh, even if it's not obvious. Uh, I think I might have mentioned before that you can be with them for a day and, and they'll go missing every couple of times a day, uh, and that's when they're going off to pray uh, and and seek advice. So there's that. There's also the fact that uh, even in a place like New Delhi, with uh, I think 22 million people, uh, everyone knows everybody, uh, and they're all related somehow. And a lot of decisions are made in spite or because of what somebody else might think or do if you make that particular decision. So I think there's layers and layers and layers of decision-making in India, let alone the spiritual side of things, which for Western, Westerners, if you like, makes it difficult because A, we've got to understand it, and B, we've got to ride the bumps with it, given our system over here is not geared for delays and, and lags. In fact, if you think about Western society, we one of the biggest things we, we look at is lean manufacturing, for example, or lean ways of doing things, and it's all about time management because time is money. So we've, we're all grown up through that business school way of thinking uh, and then you come across the Indian way of thinking and it seems counter. It's not only counterintuitive, it's counter to what we've learned. So uh, I think that's where uh, we have to be a lot more patient, and a lot more... Um, we have to observe that, you know, just because we do something a certain way doesn't necessarily mean uh, it's the best way. Catherine Matthews recently interviewed uh, Sundeep. How would you describe him, Catherine? Sundeep Kocha is an astrologer who is actually um, assigned a number of individuals uh, as part of his clientele, which includes politicians and sports people etc. And he seems to be quite accurate in his analysis. I suppose my question to you, Sean, is that was Jagjit's advice, when it comes to doing business in India, was his advice accurate? Uh, to be fair to Jagjit, uh, the jury is still out because he gave me timelines. So uh, he said August 2016, and that was um, that date is after the chat I had with Jagjit. He said uh, things will start to change, things will start to move. There was a word he used, and I can't remember it, but basically, it's it's a word for that time when you uh, first meet a business person in India to the time that it starts to turn into. Coin, if you like. It's not his term, it's my turn. Um, so that lag, that time lag has, has, a, has a word. And he said in August last year that'll start to turn, which funnily enough coincided with uh, the South Australian trade mission to India. Uh, I went there and things uh, in the first instance went sour because the business person I was dealing with told me he was going to pay for the airfares and the, the uh, internal transfers and the accommodation when I was in India. I got to the airport in Adelaide and hadn't done any of that. Couldn't get in contact with him. I'd already packed. I thought, I'm going anyway. So I went over there and, and paid for it myself. Uh, as it turned out, I met two other business people, which, I, no, I, did, I, I met a re uh, a touch base with someone, a business person I knew who introduced me to someone else new. And uh, from there, I'm now doing business with them. So basically, Judge It said, and I asked, should I be doing um, uh, business with uh, business person A? He said, yes. And I said, uh, so that will work out in my favour. And he said, yes, yes, yes. Then I uh, talked about the second business person and uh, he said, yes, that'll, that'll work out well. And he said, look, Sean, whatever you do in this space, you'll be successful, is what he said. He said, but you won't see any tangible financial benefit until September 2017. So uh, we've still got a fair way to go before 
uh, it proves, if you like, whether his advice or his, uh, his certainly his um, projections are correct or not. I think getting back to my comment about uh, Sandeep, in his interview with Catherine, he said, I've yet to meet another, another astrologer who can predict the traffic in Mumbai. <laughs> it sounds like something similar to what's happened to you. I mean, it's just one big road and a highway that you're on and no one can really predict the traffic. Do you really think that someone like Jagjit, who you were assigned to, do you think they've really done their homework on what's going to happen in business? Or do you think it is more astrology? Is it, is it more they've done their homework or is it they're in tune with something that we can't really explain? <sighs> yeah. Look, I don't think an astrologer would need to know much about business, to be honest. You're either spiritual or you're not, I would think. Um, and I don't think the business part comes into it. I think, I think uh, someone like Jajit, and I've met people like that, not necessarily in that sphere of um, religion, if you like, those people tend to be really good judges of character and they can tell on even phone calls or... So I think his comments, are, I would say, are more about me rather than the people I'm, I'm dealing with. That's the takeaway message I got. I thought he's a, in all my pomposity, a, a very good judge of character, I thought, uh, because some of the things he said, I said, yeah, that's actually me. Now, he said he's done a birth chart, uh, which if, if, if I'm to fully believe um, his spirit, spiritualness, well, then that would tell him about me. But I think also once that person speaks to you, I think they can pretty well work it out as well. We had a long conversation, probably half an hour, 45 minutes. So from that, the things he, he said out of that, uh, in terms of my character, uh, I thought he was spot on. That's what I would say of myself too. Um, he basically said I'm someone who um, can pick up things pretty quickly and work out uh, what's not good and what is. Um, I think he's quite right with that. I don't give up and I don't. And that's probably a fault. But also I think the fact that I don't give up also doesn't worry me about this journey because luckily I have a full-time job here in Australia. So that's my, uh, my safety net if you like. I can do these things. If they don't work out, they don't work out. It, it, what happens in India doesn't determine whether I have food on the table. So in many ways it's, it's a, a bit of fun. I enjoy the chase and turning an idea into 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 reality, um, and meeting people and, and seeing another country in this case. So if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. To answer your question, though, um, yeah, I, I think he, he's on the money. I'm 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 confident that what he has said come around September 2017 will actually actually prove uh, prove right. Sean, one of the things that I made mention in an introduction previously with an interview. I tend to use astrology to learn about myself. So would that be the case with you? Yeah, I guess reflecting on the things that he said, I, I, it was interesting he picked out those things. I mean, if you do, I'm guessing if you do a, a birth chart of someone, there's a, as, as a, a myriad of uh, different characteristics that you get out of that. And he picked one or two. So they're either the two things that the most uh, strongly feels about me or and or uh, most applicable to the questions I'm going to ask him. So uh, I think I learnt a fair bit. The two things he picked out, I wouldn't necessarily have said of myself unless someone asked me. And I thought, well, yeah, I think, I think that's, that's right. So can you translate those particular skills and the qualities about yourself into business? 
I think business is all about not giving up. It, it doesn't mean you throw good money at bad, but I think if anybody, uh, and you see it on the news, you know, somebody who's a overnight success, you know, dot com, they've come up with an idea and they made, but how many people aren't? And then there's never the follow up that this person was an overnight success, or where are they two years later? They're just another entrepreneur, again, banging on the door and, and trying to get the next thing up. So I think in my mind, if you, if you treat it, and again, I'm not successful, so I'm not someone to give advice on this, but the, the, the road I'm uh, treading, if you like, is to, it's an ongoing process. And if it works out, fantastic. If it doesn't, okay. I've got other things out of it. I've got to travel to India. I've got to know Indian people one-on-one. I've got to know people who work in, in and around uh, Indian business, etc. So I haven't lost. And I think that's one of the things is what's your measurable in this? I asked him questions, business-type questions, which invariably means am I going to make money out of this um, when possibly he was alluding to other things that you're going to get out of it. So is business always, always about money? That's your question. Uh, is business about, well, it's about meeting people, it's about networks, it's about new ideas, it's about helping somebody else in their business. If, if they are KPIs in business, well, then tick, tick, tick. If it's just the money side at the moment, well, so far I've been unsuccessful. But then I've realised, hmm, again, the old hackney term, is it the journey or is it the destination? Sean, thanks very much for your time. I'm sure that we're going to cross paths again on your journey. Just like uh, Sandeep has said uh, to Catherine, you've yet to predict the traffic <laughs> in Mumbai. So I guess we're, what we come away from this is that you're yet to predict what's going to happen um, in the future. I mean, Jagjit has told you that uh, 2017 um, is going to be when, when things are going to start to happen for you. So I think we'll check up on you in a few months' time and see where you're at. Thank you, uh, and it's been a great pleasure. Thank you.